Welcome to another episode of Mac and Joe Talk on a Podcast. How's it going, everyone? Thanks for joining us again for another episode. We really appreciate it. Uh, anything you want to say, Joe? Just wanted to plug in uh, Derek McCaw and say thanks again for uh, our 14th episode. We're still going strong, and we enjoy every minute of it. I know you and I both agree that this is one of the highlights of our week, so yeah, we appreciate. Uh, we just wanted to plug him. Everybody, check out Fanboy Planet. Subscribe, like, um, post questions, comments, whatever. You know, check out the website. I know. Mac, you do a lot of articles for for the website, so just you know, keep keep uh, keep the information going. <laughs> yeah, sharing and sharing yep. and sharing is caring. Uh, we sure. really we really appreciate you guys listening as always. Of course, we got a lot of stuff to go through this week, so we're gonna kind of jump on in. Um, I'm gonna do something different for a box office recap this week. Um, we've kind of strayed away from the blockbusters. Uh, the one film that did open number one in the box office, not a surprise, uh, it was The Nun. It was at $53.5 million. It's part of that Warner Brothers horror franchise, a film that I am going to stay far away from. <laughs> I don't have any interest in seeing it. But again, it looks, you know, a budget of around $20 million. It's already made $53.5 million. These horror films, uh, while I may not particularly enjoy them, um, they clearly make money for the studios. Warner Brothers is obviously tapping in. They're going to make an It too, and they're yeah. going to do a Conjuring with, again and with, all that stuff. With Jessica Chastain. I think James McAvoy's in it, too. I is think he he's really? one of the, the kids, because it's the kids grown up, yeah, I believe. Yeah, the kids grown up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so That's they, awesome. uh, Warner Brothers is, uh, they, yeah, they, they've tapped into a market, um, and they clearly know what they're doing. Um, nothing else really new in terms of that. A couple other notes that I have down. Incredibles 2 continues to climb up the all-time charts. It is now, we just determined, it's now the second highest grossing animated film of all time. It's a little bit short, still behind Frozen, but it's still um, just getting released in some markets, so there's still a possibility of it becoming the number one film. Still the number one picture of all time. Yes, thank you. Um, Mission Impossible Worldwide has now crossed the $726 million mark, um, so it's looking like it will not get to a billion dollars. But it soon will very much be the highest uh, in the Mission Impossible franchise. Yep. Uh, so congratulations to Tom Cruise. That's a film that I highly recommend. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, upcoming this week, there's a couple films being released this week. Predator is, of course, the big one. Yep. It was cool. in the news this week for not some great reasons. If you don't know, oh, you can okay. check it online. Uh, it has really to do cool reasons. Uh, it has to do with Olivia Munn. Um, I didn't write it down. We'll, okay. we'll review right. it. I'll look at it. Yeah, we'll we'll go over it next week, especially if the numbers for Predator aren't very good. I think this will be a reason why. Uh, a simple favor with Blake Lively and Anna Kendrick open up this week, and then oh, White Boy yeah. Rick opens up this week as well. That looks awesome. Uh, the one thing about White Boy Rick, I am very excited to see it. Early reviews have been mixed. Okay. Um, but again, it's still early, so we'll still see. We won't get a full picture until Wednesday or Thursday. When the reviews come in, um, we've reached the point where summer is over. Labor Day is kind of the end of summer movie season. So while some of those films are still obviously collecting some dough, I thought it'd be a fun, fun way to look at the numbers. I wrote down some winners and some losers. Recap the summer. Yeah. Um, we'll do a larger recap kind of when these films die out all the way. But I thought this would be something fun, something different. Again, this is just my opinion. It's not 
meant to be an accurate science. Uh, some winners I put down, I put Warner Brothers down as winners. Um, they, a lot of their tent poles, they, they stayed away from the summer. Again, Aquaman is the big film. They, they pushed it to Christmas. Fantastic Beasts, of course, is another one of their big films. They pushed that to November. They stayed away from Infinity War. They stayed away from Deadpool. They stayed away from all these Incredibles 2. They stayed away from Jurassic World. And they released some smaller films, but they were all really, really successful. Yep. Ocean's 8, The Meg, Crazy Rich Asians were very all... Good, very yeah. good counter-programming, as you Absolutely. These are films that are going to all finish very much in the positive. Um, all of these films potentially have sequels to them. Um, so Warner Brothers, again, is, is commonly looked at the third studio, maybe, on the outside, just of Disney and Universal. So this was a nice big summer for them. Uh, I put down documentaries. Um, I really enjoyed the documentaries that came out this summer. Documentaries are normally more of a specialty market, um, a Netflix market, an Amazon Prime market. But RBG, Three Identical Strangers, and then the big one is Won't You Be My Neighbor, uh, all did really, really well financially. People really seemed to enjoy it. Um, I did put Disney down. Um, that might be an obvious one. Yes. But again, with Infinity War and Incredibles 2, um, overall, they had Christopher Robin come out as well. They had Solo come out as well. I did see Christopher yeah? Robin. Give me, give me a rundown. I really enjoyed it. Okay. I, 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 as, as you like to say sometimes for certain movies, it didn't, it wasn't anything, it didn't try to be a different kind of a movie than what it already was. Okay. I mean, I thought it was an enjoyable movie. It was a good family movie. I saw it on Monday, maybe because it was a holiday, but the theater was full. That's great. I mean, we I couldn't get tickets to see it at the prune yard except for the front row. So I didn't we didn't go there because obviously this you know, I might have been because it was a holiday. But I thought it was a great movie. I, I thought it was very cute. It was it was, you know, it's a warm it's a feel good movie, it's a family movie. Did you think it was darker for, for younger kids no, possibly? I no? didn't okay. I mean there was a scene at the beginning, yes, where he's in the war, but I didn't think it was I mean, am I missing something? No, I mean, I, I don't. Maybe not dark, but maybe I, I think you and I maybe enjoyed that aspect of it. But maybe you know, it takes a while for him to get back to Pooh, right? Like, yeah. So maybe if I'm a little kid, like maybe I maybe I'm just thinking out loud, where you're not necessarily getting back to the forest. You're not seeing these characters. Your focus, the first half an hour, forty minutes of the film, is really just you and McGregor and the family. So, I, again, I think most people... I Him think, being a poor father. Yeah, I think you and I would enjoy that part okay. of it. Enjoy okay. the backstory of it. But yes. if I'm a little kid, I I'm see. like, where... you know, I want to see. see Piglet. I want to see Eeyore. They definitely so, had their had their moments. Absolutely. Uh, and, and I do agree with you that Eeyore was kind of the... Eeyore and Pooh were definitely the highlights of the, nice. of the animals. That was very, very cool. But I thought it was very clever. But it reminded me, it reminded me of, you know, other... It reminded me of Liar Liar with with Jim with with uh, Jim Carrey, you know, where you kind of have an absentee father who's not really you know being the best father, and then he kind of goes through a transformation and becomes, you know, hopefully a better father. You know, he, he realizes what's important. I mean, it's not really an original story, but I thought it was cute. I mean, it definitely for nostalgia reasons, I enjoyed it, but. You know, like you said, it's not going to win any awards. I didn't think it was like the greatest movie I've ever seen, but I'll definitely buy it. I mean, sure. I thought it was cute, but anyway, good. No, that, I, that was just that was just a side note. No, no, I appreciate that. Um, Disney had the four films, four billion dollars again. Maybe Christopher Robin and especially Solo were not necessarily monster yeah. hits for them, but again, they've 
they made up for it, obviously, with a $2 billion film and a $1 billion film. Um, that's not even including Black Panther, obviously, which is not considered a summer film. Yeah. Uh, Disney still has the gauntlet that is Wreck-It Ralph to come, and they still have uh, Mary, Mary Poppins. Poppins. So there was a trailer for that. It looks good. Yeah. Looks are you good. are you starting to turn on that, or are you I, still? I I will give it a chance. I will definitely see it. And okay. and, and to piggyback, I'm off, glad to hear that you will give it a chance. To piggyback off of off of that uh, sentiment. I just might have to sign up for Movie Pass, if o- not Movie Pass, AMC Stubbs, if mm. only for the reason that there's a lot of movies coming out that I really want to see or that I have an interest in seeing. White Boy Rick, you got movies in November coming out. Trying to get a lot of, lot yeah, of films coming out. A lot out right of now. good films coming out. Not gonna, just not just Temple films, right? A lot of more temple. like Temple, like uh, like franchise films. Oh, no. A lot more grounded no, films. Like we're going to talk about one that comes out in the trailer sure. section that looks really good to nice. me. Nice. Um, yeah, just other independent films, you know, I mean, it's getting, like you said, to be an award season, so I just might have to check that out. Cool. Plus, we're going to have a lot of blockbusters in December, so. Absolutely. Still get not not movie pass. Don't get movie pass, but yeah. AMC Stubbs. That's a nice transition, actually, though, for, <laughs> for my losers of the summer box office. I, I know movie pass is on a movie studio, but I put movie pass down as a loser. Uh, movie pass started off literally in April. End of April, selling, sharing at $100 per share, and it's now down to $0.02 cents per share. Uh, I don't know if that's a record. I'm not a savant in the stock market. And but they I had, just they had somebody quit, too. Recently. I just know that that's bad. They had somebody quit, uh, like one of their producers, one of the uh, executive, not producers, but one of, some some okay. guy, some, some, some big wig um, in the production company or, you know, one of the business heads, he quit after six months because, That's you know, crazy. So... I mean, so Movie Pass is a anyway. loser this summer. I also put XTX, which is a production company. It's not a studio; they're a production company that produce films. Um, they had three films come out this summer: Adrift, which is a film I did not see, um, and Mile Twenty Two. I saw Happy Time Murders. I saw um, all three of those films. Pretty abysmal. Yeah, they were, as you mentioned before, off the air. They were negatively reviewed. They were negatively received. Um, you know just not good so that's why i have them as a loser um as the the summer box office kind of comes to a close the meg and crazy rich asians are really the last two films that we're going to wait to see kind of where they land up but maybe in about a month or so we'll revisit this and kind of see where it actually ends up being overall definitely in the plus though absolutely yeah Uh, a couple cool things i thought you guys might want to know about amc currently has a harry potter series running yeah you saw one. it's running on sundays i didn't know this until the other day so it's actually halfway through they show two films every sunday um they've shown the first four already so apologize for the late news but the next two sundays they will show two more films on each to get uh to complete the series, um, if you're a Harry Potter fan, again, it's very, very cool to see these films on the big screen again versus just watching on your home TV. Uh, Disney is also coming back with its program called Dream Big Princess. It is playing at AMC Theaters. What this program is, it basically is all proceeds from these films. Disney does not make money off it. They donate it to their charity, which is called Dream Big Princess, which goes to um, underserving females quote-unquote princesses in uh, rural communities that um, could use the community support and things like that uh the films that are being shown are beauty and the beast the live action remake moana tangled princess and the frog and the live action remake of cinderella uh that starts next week each film plays for one week at a time 
if you're into that sort of stuff, go check it out. Um, now that we've kind of got that part out of the way, we're going to get to some headline news. The big headline news this week, we'll just start off and get it out of the way. The Oscars, we talked about this several times on the show. The Oscars have decided to postpone the popular film category. I'll read the quote real quick, Joe, then you can react to it for me. Um, this is a obviously a statement from the Academy. There's been a wide range of reactions to the introduction of a new award, and we recognize the need for further discussion with our members. We have made changes to the Oscars over the years, including this year, and we will continue to evolve while also respecting the incredible legacy of the last 90 years. Anything you got, Joe, for this, me? This was exactly the point that I ma- that I didn't make, but I uh, referenced in an article that I read. Um, putting, putting the voting in the hands of everyday fans is a disservice to the history and the legacy of the Oscars, in my opinion. So there has to be a better way to go about doing the popular film. I know plenty of directors were against the popular film, including Steven Spielberg. Um, so I'm not surprised that, is, that they decided to postpone it. Um, I mean, that's just my reaction. I mean, what do you... No, I, I, you I, I, if it feels like they, they put the they apple before it. the cart. I mean, they, they just, they, they didn't think it out necessarily. I think the intention was good of it to try and draw new viewers and to try and, you know, do more of a popular film to get more films represented, but they didn't necessarily think it out before they... Uh, before they they release it so you know it's kind of you know humbling and it's kind of nice that they're kind of taking a step back and saying hey we basically didn't think this through uh we'll revisit it another time um so i'm okay with that hopefully they do it would be good to revisit but yes don't put the cart before the horse yeah i'm yeah i'm totally okay with it um yeah i think it's fine the other changes they talked about making were the shorter broadcasts and doing things like that those are still going to be in place so i'm that's fine uh, all good. Uh, a couple other tidbits. We're just going to kind of run through these real quick. House of Cards has announced, Netflix has announced season six. The final season of House of Cards will, will premiere on November 6th. There was a little teaser that was dropped. Um, obviously, this has been one of the most troubled seasons in Netflix history. They started filming with Kevin Spacey. Um, that obviously got derailed for obvious reasons. If you don't know, you can just Yahoo or Google Kevin Spacey. I'm not really going to go over that. Uh, but they have decided to go along with the final season. Robin Wright, who played um, Claire Underwood, is now the president. That actually ended. It happened in the last season, so nothing's going to change in there. But they have teased Kevin Spacey's death. Um, Kevin Spacey, Kevin Spacey, I guarantee, was not going to show up at all. There's not going to be a cameo. He's just going to be dead at some point. Um, so if that's how they decide to do it, move on with the show, move on with the character, I'm fine. You're not a House of Cards fan, so no. Don't but worry I've about heard it. it's a very good show. It's one of the one of the original. Uh, it, it, it is the it's, original. It's the original show of Netflix. Well, I mean, yeah, but oh yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that was the word I was looking for. It's the very first one they had. Yeah, so that was the kind of one that put Netflix on the map as terms of original. And it was very good too. It wasn't Absolutely. just the fact that it was their first. Yeah, and they got at that point a movie star like Kevin Spacey and Robin Wright. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I'm excited. I'll give it a chance, obviously, November 6th, if you're a Netflix House of Cards fan. Uh, Daniel Craig has been announced to star in Ryan Johnson's new film, Knives Out. I don't think you and I know anything about Knives Out. Not really. Um, I think we're both fans of both of these artists. Um, yeah. You mentioned off the air that it, it kind of comes around maybe when Bond 25 was going to come. So maybe this fills a spot for Daniel Craig in his, in his shooting schedule now that that's been pushed back. 
Um, anything you got or? Um, I mean, I like Daniel Craig. He's been in movie other movies that I've seen as secondary roles. Not this. The Bond films were kind of his, you know, his gem. You it's know, his franchise. His right? franchise now, anyway. Um, probably won't be as you know. We've we can talk about that next time, but it'll be the probably the last movie he's in is twenty Bond twenty five. Um, he's, I think he's a great actor. He's been in other movies that I've seen him in and I like Ryan Johnson. I think it'll be a good mix. You know, it'll be a good pairing. So, yeah. you know, I, I don't know anything about Knives Out other than just the fact that it, it mentioned they were together for this project. Um, we'll see how things pan out. Cool. I'm, yeah, I'm interested to see if this pushes back Ryan Johnson's involvement in Star Wars. Uh, we don't really know cause that's kind of been, been quiet since Last Jedi has yeah. kind of been out. Um, up on the website on fanboyplanet.com, there's an article that Derek McCaw wrote on Captain Marvel. Um, there have been, the first images have been released of Captain Marvel. They've been released to E! Entertainment, the, yep. uh, the magazine, the website. Yep. Um, you get shots of Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. You get to see some of the Kree, which would be like Digimon Honsu. Um, Lee Pace is back as running the Accuser. So you're starting to get some of those characters that were in Guardians of the Galaxy. They are now coming back into this fold. Samuel L. Jackson, of course, is back in the mix. It's a very much a de-aged Samuel L. Jackson, though, because, again, this film takes place in the 90s. So this play, this film takes place before literally anything happens in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay, so, see, I didn't really know the timeline. Okay, that's interesting. So I guess I, the so only... this is from, prior to everything. Except for the first Captain America, mm-hmm. right? Except for the first Avenger. The first Avenger. But that yeah. would be yeah. a World War II, I guess. That yeah, would yeah, be yeah. the first one. Okay, okay. But yeah, so again, we talked we talked about we talked about this when Infinity War came out, the pager. Uh, Captain Marvel is one of the most, if not the most powerful, you know, being out there. Uh, and she's just been chilling in space, basically. Or we don't know what she's been doing. Um, but obviously Nick we'll Fury. Yeah, Nick Fury, <laughs> you know didn't use her for all these other events that were happening, but he's like, yeah, Thanos is, that's not working out for us. So page captain Marvel, uh, the pictures look cool. I'm excited about the film. It's a new character. It's a character that I don't know much about. Um, so Jude law is in it. He plays kind of her mentor. Um, it's got, it's got a great cast. Yeah. It's got a great cast. So I'm excited about it. I haven't seen him in a popular movie. He will be in uh, Fantastic Beasts. He is Dumbledore. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, he is in Dumbledore. Yeah, he's the yeah, young he, version he of Dumbledore. Dumbledore so yeah. I'm, I'm excited about that as well. Uh, some other Marvel news. Happy Hogan has decided, or not decided. I mean, Happy Hogan, John Favreau will return for Spider-Man Far From Home. I thought he was one of the more underrated parts of Spider-Man Homecoming. I like John Favreau. I like his connection to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, obviously, as a director and playing this little character. Um so take that for what it is. Uh, there's been some trade reports that still more speculation. And yeah, in, in light of the firing or mutual departure of Danny Boyle, a couple three names have been linked with the Bond twenty five role: Bart Layton, S. J. Clarkson, and Yan Demange. I apologize if I got any of those name wrongs. Names wrong. Uh, S. J. Clarkson is a name that intrigues me simply because it's a female. It would be the first female. Bond director. Um, she is also linked to Star Trek Four, 
But again, we don't know if Star Trek Four is actually going to happen at this point. Oh, it was because that yeah. Oh, okay. So, I thought it was the old four. I was like, geez, this no. director's been around forever. Yeah, and then okay. Jan Damage is the director of White Boy Rick, which yeah, opens up this which weekend, is, which yeah, we don't movie. know. So, um, you know, we'll see. Um, nothing really to go on there. We do for know just speculation. what the uh, the villain, the, who the villain's going to be, though. We know it's I I I'm going to butcher his name, but I think it's Saeed. Is that his name? I think so. Saeed. Uh, he was in Wonder Woman. Okay. He's going to be the uh, the villain opposite of Daniel Craig, and he's mentioned that. So nice. That'll be exciting. I cool. Mean, I can see him playing it. I've seen him in another movie too with uh, Don Cheadle called uh, – I forget what it was called, but he was opposite Don Cheadle. It was a good movie. Okay. So I think he's a good actor. But yeah, more just more speculation about the director's. Cool. Um, a bit of piece of news that interests me: Gotham actress Crystal Reed uh, has been cast as the female lead in Swamp Thing. That'll be a part of the DC streaming service. That won't drop till 2019. But again, that's a James Wan uh, production, so I'm excited about that. I like Gotham, so we'll see. Uh, if you're an Incredibles fan like myself, you will be happy to know that Disney has announced a short that Incredibles 2 will be released on Blu-ray on November 6th, and as Joe hinted right there, it will include a bonus feature, a short. Uh, what's the name of the short, Joe? Anti-Edna. So it's going to... Probably be, the, probably be the, the missing scene that we... I wonder you know, I wonder if it'll be the missing yeah. scene, or it'll just be maybe she's just babysitting him again. Interesting. We don't know. Um, but again, the short they had in the first Incredibles that was on the, on the Blu-ray was like Jack-Jack Attack, uh, which was very, very cool. Um, it's, I think it's very, very cool that Disney and Pixar are doing this little short with the Blu-ray because uh, it gives people another incentive to get so it. So well, they won't, it won't have Bao? Uh, it'll probably have – I don't know. That's a good – I have no idea. Because I like Bao. Yeah, that's good. a good – yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, it's a good question. Um, Ballers has been renewed for its fifth season on HBO. Um, I'm very much a fan of the show. I think you and I both are. We're a little bit behind right now. We are now. behind. We gotta catch uh, up. We'll catch up, but um, I do what what I've what I've seen so far from the fourth season. I like. I like the change of pace from Miami to LA. I like the introduction of Russell Brand as the character. I like how it's staying true to the show of these two guys and and the, but the football, evolving. but it's evolving and it's moving forward. And that's what a show has to do. So I very much like that. Um, I'm interested to see where this season goes uh, as well. And then last but not least, Henry Cavill has been cast in Netflix's latest big-budget TV series or streaming series. Oh, so Uh, it's a series. It's not a a series. Okay. um, Called The Witcher. And you said it's based on a... I think it's based on a video game. I'm pretty sure. It's something popular, but I can tell you what it is, to be honest. On a a side note, um, as I was watching the trailer or, you know, reading about The Witcher... Um, another Netflix movie popped up that I finally got around to seeing was Outlaw King. That looks incredible. Okay. Um, the one with Chris Pine. Yeah. He plays like a Scotland guy and it's like the liberation of Scotland or the United. That comes out. That looks pretty good. soon, right? That looks very cool. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't get the date, but it looks great. I think it's October sometime. I think he's a great actor and he's going to get some, he's been getting some great roles. Cool. Um, yeah, it looks kind of like a Braveheart type movie. You know, with fire yeah. and brimstone and all I'm that. I'm in it. I'm into it. Yeah. I'll not to, not to get, that's just a side note, not to no, change No, no, that's good. That's good. It's just related to the Netflix. 
Um, a couple, a couple new trailers dropped this week. Yep. Um, there's an article that I wrote on fanboyplanet.com about this first one, Marvel Avengers Assemble, Assemble Black Panther. Uh, this is season five of Marvel's Avengers Assemble. This season will clearly focus simply on Black, Black Panther, Panther and Shuri, but the other Avengers are expected to make cameos throughout. It is it is a show that is aimed, obviously, for a younger crowd. Introduction to Marvel characters. It kind characters. of reminds me of the old X Men, the animated X Men. It's very much in it that looks type very of cool. Like the animation is very cool. Yeah, the, um, it still has like the the wit and the sarcasm of yeah. the characters that we've seen in the movies. Um, you know, like I watched the trailer and you have Iron Man making jokes and Yuri kind of painting, making jokes, you know, like yeah. the fact that she's, that the Black Panther is her brother and, you know, just different, different, you know, little hit, little tidbits here and there, but it looks very cool. Like I, if I was a younger kid and I had never seen the Avengers before. It's a, it's a very good intro. Out. It's a very yeah. good intro. You can actually catch, uh, seasons one through four of Marvel Avengers Assemble on Netflix um, again, but it, it's, it's, you know, 20 minute episodes. Yeah. Um, if you're into that sort of stuff, I would recommend it. Um, but if you haven't, I wouldn't necessarily recommend jumping in on season five, but, um, I'm excited for it. That drops on September 23rd, a film that I think you're excited for, Jerry. Very excited. For. Um, it's Hugh Jackman starring in a new film called The Front Runner. Why don't you go ahead and give me a rundown on it and tell me what you think. Um, it's got Hugh Jackman as like a politician. He's kind of running for Congress or president. I don't know if he's running for the president. I think it's presidency. Presidency in like 1988 or something like that. Maybe it's, it's I, a true story, right? Yeah. I, I, I think it's based off of a true story. Maybe it was who, who was running against Ronald Reagan because didn't Reagan win the election back then? Yeah, I think so. Um, but it has J.K. Simmons in it and, and it has Jason Reitman as directing it as the director and he's done some great movies like thank you for smoking juno up in the air he's also been involved with whiplash so you know he likes jk simmons and they like each other they worked well with each other um i saw the trailer hugh jackman looks awesome like he just he looks like he's like he looks on point like i i you know him so and, it's uh, him and jk simmons working together looks great it's a political scandal, a political of scandal some yeah sort, right yeah they hint at uh, what is it infidelity of some sort, right? Who knows? Or? Yeah, maybe, okay. maybe. Um, but it looks like a, it looks obviously a drama, not really a fanboy movie, but in any. It event. looks like an Oscar, Oscar, yes. Oscar contender yes. film. Early on, again, we just saw the trailer, but it looks like it's in that vein. It's it being released great. in that in that time frame, so that's probably what they're pushing for. I, I'm excited for it. I think you're right. Yeah. The other film that dropped a trailer kind of out of nowhere. <laughs> Um, I knew that they were making this film, but I didn't really know anything else really about it. It's uh, Harmony Corinne's The Beach Bum, starring Matthew McConaughey. It actually has a great cast. Um, interesting cast. Maybe interesting cast is more the right word. Uh, Matthew McConaughey. He looks like the perfect Isla Fisher, Snoop Dogg, Zac Efron. Uh, Harmony Corinne is... He did Spring Breakers. He did Spring Breakers. I love Spring Breakers. I did. He, Harmony Corinne does really, really... It's, in my opinion, interesting films, off-the-beaten-path films, okay. uh, films that are not going to be mainstream films, films that are not going to be studio films. Um, this looks... It's like A24, right? Yeah. A24. It looks very interesting. You mentioned Matthew Steve. McConaughey in the trailer. He it looks, looks, he looks like, perfect for this role. Yeah. But it doesn't really appeal to me because sure. I wasn't really a big fan of Spring Breakers. It looks kind of... It kind of reminds me of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. That's sure. what this reminds me of. Interesting. Um, but at least I, I haven't seen the movie... 
yet, obviously, but I mean, this just kind of has that flavor to it. I mean, it does have Snoop Dogg in it, so it's like, okay, well. Interesting uh, cast. I don't know how good he it's has, be, um, but yeah, he puts you, Matthew McConaughey is together. a good actor, and yeah. he looks like he could play this role, but. That won't, that won't come out until March of next yeah. year, but the trailer did drop. It's a really, it's like a teaser trailer. It's yeah. a really weird 60-second trailer. I would recommend just checking it out. It's a cool trailer, though, for, because I like how it, like, fast-forwards, yeah. and it just, and it kind of, it kind of goes through the scenes real quick, so you don't really know exactly what the story, it's a very good teaser trailer, um, in terms of just kind of introducing you to the characters and not giving away too much. Yeah. So that's all the news we have. Um, again, react, respond to any of the news that we just dropped. If there's something we missed, let us know. We'll make, we'll make sure to get to that next week. Um, we're going to do our annual, monthly annual segment of book recommendation. Now, again, we do want to hear Month, about books. Monthly annual? Month, annual, whatever. You know what I mean. Um, they understood. Um, if there's a book that you guys want to recommend to us or recommend to the other listeners, again, comment, share, like, let us know. Um, let us know. We'll plug it on here for you guys and we'll give you guys a shout out as well. Um, I'll go first. Yeah, go for it. Joe, for, for my book, it's, uh, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. It's by Ransom Riggs. Um, it's uh, a wonderful book. Um, I, to be honest, I did not read the book until after I watched the film. The film is the Tim Burton film that came out. Wasn't uh, it was, I enjoyed it. Um, it was about two, three years ago, I guess, three years ago. It's a mixed film. It's a Tim Burton film, so you're either going to be on board because you like Tim Burton or you're not. It's going to be a Tim Burton type of story. How did the book compare to the film? Uh, it's similar. Um, it very much feels like a Tim Burton-style book. Um, it, it deals with you know these these characters and these ideas of you know outside outsiders, uh, people that don't fit into the norm of what society deems as normal. So they go to this house. Uh, it's a home for peculiar children, obviously. Uh, the book is very cool because it has like still photographs that they've kind of staged and done. So you're kind of not only reading the book, but you're seeing the photographs of, these of the children. So that's very cool that they do that. Um, yeah, I, I recommend it. It's it's part of a series. I haven't read past the first book, but I want to. I want to get the rest. I know they're going to try and make another film of it as well. Um, so that's my recommendation for this week. Joe, what do you cool. got? Um, again, not really a fanboy type book, but since we are at the beginning of football season, I thought I would, uh, jump on my similar type. Uh, you know, we've been talking about ballers at the start of the football season. I'm going to talk about a football book. It's called Friday Night Lights, um, by H.G. Bissinger. It's kind of an older book. It came out about, gosh, like 10 years ago or so. Um, I think it's a great book. Um. I read it. I didn't read it in high school. I was. I, I took an English class in college, and I read it actually in my English class. And it was very well read or very well written. It, it has a lot of good similes and metaphors and this and that, and it tells a good story. It's about a Texas, you know, high school football team in Texas where football is pretty much their entire life. And it's just kind of like the ups and downs. And the, is it, is it, does it similar to it's the very, film? Because I haven't similar. read the book, to be honest. You um, have the book. I have it, but I haven't read it. Really? Yeah, I, I want to. Oh, I, it's I, a I really bought good it. Book. I bought it because I wanted to read it because I enjoyed the film. It's, I haven't seen a TV show. I know they made a TV show called Friday Night Lights. I haven't watched that, so I don't know how it compares to that. What about it's, the movie, though? It's very similar to the movie, okay. aside from a couple details that I won't spoil you to, because if you want to read the book, then... Yeah, I definitely I want to. I will. But it's, it's very well written. 
Um, like I said, one of the first books that I actually read that I enjoyed in school, um, you know, I've read a lot of other books in high school that really didn't turn me on, but this one kind of really, up, you know, it really kind of excited me, you cool. know, hearing about the football story and the fact and the week to week, you know, the, getting inside these different, the minds of these kids, these, you know, six. It's a very, very different life that yeah. these kids oh, live yeah. than you and I live. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, playing football in Texas. Yeah. Very um, different reality. But yeah, I, I obviously hear nothing but great things. I love the film. Um, I did enjoy the TV show. You, you watched the TV show? If you liked the book, um, or if you liked the book or the movie, the TV show is really good. Okay. They have like, what, like six seasons now? Uh, it's been done for a while. Oh, it's over? Um, it was only four, four to five seasons. Okay. But Peter Berg, who directed the film, mm. uh, was in charge of the show. Peter, uh, Peter Berg, he directed. He directed Friday Night Lights. He directed the movie. He's, yeah, he was the guy. He's involved in Ballers too. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a football guy. I didn't know who the director was. Yeah, so he was the director of the film, um, and he was in charge of the TV show um, as well. So it very much stayed true to that type of feel cool. of the movie. So um, thank you for the recommendation. Yeah. That, that'll probably move up um, to one of the next books on my personal queue. Uh, so we'll go with that. Um, we're going to jump into, uh, another topic that we feel like we've discussed almost every week now since Comic-Con. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to try and do a little bit of a twist on it. Um, Dave Batista has come back out. Dave Batista is doing press for a film that he's, that's getting released soon. Um, of course, one of the big questions that he's being asked about, of course, is Guardians on the press tour. One thing that I did find interesting, um, that I read about this the other day, I didn't write this down. Um, Bradley Cooper has his film coming out, A Star is Born, coming out in October from Warner Brothers. The press tour for that is starting to come around. Warner Brothers has sent out a press release We're not talking saying about that, that uh, no questions to Bradley Cooper will be about Guardians of the Galaxy or, or the interview will not be conducted. Makes sense. Um, so it's Warner Brothers is getting out ahead yeah. of it. Again, Warner Brothers is not Disney, so no. they don't want their press tour about their film to be about a Disney film. Um, and I'm sure Bradley Cooper in his directorial debut does not want every single question to be He's about. directing this. He's directing it with Lady Gaga. Oh, that's right. He's the singing. It's the singing yeah. one. So I'm not sure that he wants his film to be, uh, the, he wants the press tour to be about that film yes. versus Guardians. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of a cool news. But Dave Batista was asked about it. Um, and this comes from Fandom, <clears throat> who conducted the interview. I'll read the you quote. Want, you want me to read it? Uh, yeah, go ahead and read okay. it, Joe. Um, it says, Dave Batista says, Right now I can't see or can't imagine who the next director would be. He's referring to, uh, of course, uh, James, Gunn. James Gunn being let go from Guardians of the Galaxy. I think people would be upset if it was a different type of Guardians. The characters need to remain true to who they are. The fans have fallen in love with them. The four films, the characters are already developed. So I think for anybody to come in and try to change who these characters were or the tone of the film would be sacrilegious. That's a strong word. Whoever the director would be has to have a sense of loyalty to James and the world he helped create. It's a hard place to step into as well because it's a bit, everyone's a bit jaded now. Every director walks into a project and wants to feel like it's their own and it will never be the case with Guardians because James established it. So we don't necessarily need to get into the whole James Gunn rehash thing. Again, if there's something new you want to add, Joe, feel free. 
Um, I would say that one, James Gunn did not create the Guardians of the Galaxy. He is just, he created it cinematically. Okay. Um, Semantics. Sure. (laughs) Um, So I guess the topic that I came up with, the idea of what I came up with was, again, you know, I've used this term before, playing in other people's sandboxes. And this happens a lot with franchises and IPs and intellectual properties and there's countless, countless scenarios of different directors, different writers, different producers, different ideas being used in different intellectual properties. Um, just in the Marvel Cinematic Universe alone, there has been no director that has done every single film in each franchise. So in Thor, there were three different directors for all three films. Captain America had one director for the first film, the last two directors... Uh, were different for the last two films. Iron Man, the first two films were by John Favreau. The third was by Shane Black. Even the Avengers, the first two were jo- Joe Sweden. The last one was, of course, the Russo brothers. So even then, um, you're getting different directors that are getting different tones, different feels. Thor, to me, is the perfect example. Thor, as a franchise, each film feels very, very different, and that reflects <coughs> the director, the director's tone. Um so I understand what Dave Batista is saying. He's staying very loyal to James Gunn. He, again, wants James Gunn to be there. He wants, you know, that's, that's what he wants. But um, what's your opinion, Joe, on it in terms of a new director coming in? You know, I don't think a new director coming in is going to change the tone per se. But, you know, if a new, he's right. If a new director comes in, he has to walk into the project feeling like it's his own film. Otherwise, why is he doing it? You know what I mean? Well, I mean, sometimes they do have ghostwriters and things like that. And I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it, it does make sense. I mean, like you're saying, a director does want to create the, you know, create a, a mood and a, and a setting of his own making. But, you know, to just kind of, agree with Dave Batista. I mean, it's kind of, and, and you've mentioned this too, it's kind of a no-win situation yeah. for any director who kind of comes into the situation. I mean, yes, I mean, you may get your name uh, under the director, but you're still going to have to, they're still going to have to pay homage to James Gunn and everything he's done on, in the credits too. Sure. Uh, you know, we've mentioned that before. Um, I mean, it's it's interesting that, that I don't hear anything from any of the other actors he's the one that's been very vocal he's been very very vocal and it's interesting because he's not really an actor he's a wrestler wasn't he he i mean he's an actor now he's an actor now i don't think he wrestles anymore but no but i'm saying i'm saying like this was his first role i think james gunn yeah i mean cast him not out of anonymity but as an actor out of anonymity and, and kind of made him a movie star. So maybe, sense. maybe that's part he, of the he reason feels he that, feels that loyal. loyalty. To yeah, him. maybe, maybe. I wrote down some some notes about directors because um, again, this is a topic that's very sensitive for a lot of people. But the original Star Wars, the uh, four, five, and six, New Hope, Return of the Jedi, Empire Strikes Back, uh, none of those films. Only one of those films was directed by George Lucas. They had different directors in all those films, so it had different tones, it had different settings, it had different motivations and i think that's what worked well um you know batman you know tim burton directed the first two batman then joel schumacher did the last two christopher nolan was the only one that's done three batman films and it really was 
kind of his story. I wrote this quote down. I think you'd appreciate this, Joe. It actually comes from Emma Thomas, who's Christopher Nolan's wife. Emma Thomas. Um, when she was asked in 2012 when The Dark Knight Rises was coming out, she was asked about, she was also the producer, produces all of his work. Uh, she was asked about Christopher Nolan doing a potential fourth Batman film. She said, I just couldn't see him, Nolan, getting excited about making another film where you're just wheeling in different villains. Hmm. So again, you know, it's there. To me, that also says there's a time of, I made my mark. I made my impact. I I did it. Told my story. I crushed it. I left an indelible mark on the story, on the franchise, on the character. Now it's time for somebody else to move on and tell a different story. You know, so whoever takes on this mantle of Guardians Three, again, it's a thankless job, I think. But they have to walk into it feeling like it's their own story. Um, But if all the negative publicity and all the negative press continues to surround it. It's just going to get delayed. Uh, it's just going to get worse yeah. even more. Um, so, yeah, if there's anything else you guys want to talk about that, um, let us know. Uh, we'll go move on from there. A couple theme park news, theme yep. park stuff coming up. Um, there will be an article on this on fanboyplanet.com very shortly in the next 24 to 48 hours or so. I just submitted it. Uh, Galaxy's Edge, of course, uh, is coming to Disneyland in 2019 and Disney World in 2019, Galaxy's Edge is Star Wars Land. Uh, there is one of the restaurants. It will be a cantina. It's called Oga's Cantina. Uh, Oga is a fictional character within the Star Wars universe, but she is the proprietor of this cantina. Um, she's you- not. She's not the one that has the glasses, right? I don't think so. That's not Oga. I'm trying to remember who that was. You remember in the in the recent ones, uh, Maz Kanata. Is that her name? Yeah. That, so that's the little the alien? Yeah, the about? little alien. Yeah, Maz Kanata. She's not. Okay, no. it's not Oga. Okay. This um, is just a made-up character. I, I, From everything I've okay. read, it's just a made-up character. Um, did you check out the concept art? Did it look... It looks cool. I mean, it's the first time that they're going to serve alcohol in Disneyland. I know that. Um, I mean, I was... It, it looks... I mean, everything about... The land itself looks awesome. Looks awesome. And, I mean, this this is no exception. I mean, it's they have they have little stills about. Of course, about it's their artwork, right? So they make it look yeah amazing. Yeah, but it looks cool. It looks yeah. they're gonna serve like you know interstellar ingredients or whatever they said. Yeah, you know, something that was, crazy. Yeah, some some yeah. Who knows? But it'll be cool. I'm I'm so looking forward to it. It's built on like what four acres they said. It's something crazy like yeah, that. It's, it's the biggest expansion ever for Disneyland. Yeah, um, I mean, I know this. I know we're getting a little sidetracked. No, no, no. That's but like no. I mean, in terms of the character, I I, I thought Oga was that character was Maz Ganado. Oh, that would have been cool if they actually did that. Yeah, but it's um, not. But, but it's I guess not. it's not related. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it set looks, on a planet. Um, Galaxy's Edge is, and I, yeah, I should have wrote this down. Yeah, but it's it's a it's a planet that hasn't been in the films. Yes, or so it's a completely new planet in the galaxy but it's apparently it's a like planet a of yeah but it's a planet where people scavengers can like go and visit so it makes sense that the millennium falcon would park in yes. this land or wherever and and you know experience that so you're gonna get the same type of like tattooing of some kind yeah absolutely so it looks like it has a tattooing feel absolutely but um, yeah, I, it's very cool. There's nothing really much to say about yeah, it. Yeah, just um, If you're a fan of uh, the original Star Tours, not the one that, that is on now, 
But there's a character apparently in the original Star Tours called RXDX, who was a robot, who was a droid, who was apparently your narrator in the original Star Tours. Again, whenever this is the I one re- that I was talking to you about, yeah. Um, and if I ever did this right, I would have been too young to even remember. Yeah, I know. So I wouldn't have known it. But apparently, it's a you know classic for some people. If you look in the concept art, and this was pointed out, apparently he's the DJ in this cantina. <laughs> Um, so Disney does this a lot where they kind of throw in Easter eggs and flashback and homages to previous attractions or previous films, things like that. So again, that's just something very cool that Disney does, very especially cool. in their theme parks that, um, you know, people will appreciate. So I'm very, very cool about it. still no news as to what they're going to do with star tours in general. Are they going to keep star tours in Tomorrowland? Um, you know, my dad um, kind of mentioned this. I mean, just in terms of, since we're talking about theme parks, yeah. Tomorrowland is kind of the one land that really isn't doesn't like stand out to you. I mean, like it, we can discuss this on a later day, but it's like Tomorrowland used to be like this revolutionary place where it was like, and now that time has passed and they really haven't updated it very much. I yeah. mean, they updated Star Tours, but I mean Astro Blasters in Tomorrowland. They have the Autopia. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, is weird. I just, I would imagine that it's not the most popular land in the entire place. That would be my, that would be my guess. Other, other than Mickey's Toontown. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, I think Tomorrowland still gets Space Mountain. People are still going go to go to Space Mountain. Mountain. You're right. I forgot about that. Um, but I think overall as a land, it's, it has a lot, you're right. It has a lot of attractions, but they don't really feel futuristic. No, I se. agree. I agree. Um, so again, that could be a topic for another yeah, day, anyway. but, um. That's a good point. That's again, yeah. Well, about. I mean, again, if if you know, are, are you going to replace Star Tours? Because um, again, you don't. Do you need another Star Wars attraction within Disneyland? If they don't, could, what are they going to do? Futuristic. It'll they're be not, interesting to see what happens. Yeah, they're not going to yeah. do anything Marvel, obviously, because they're going to save everything Marvel for Disney California. California. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. Um, that's a good point, though. Uh, last but not least, Pixar Fest has officially ended mm-hmm. in Disneyland, Disney California, ended last week. But you know what that means, though? That it's means Halloween it's, time. It's, it's Halloween time. Halloween started on Friday the 7th, so a couple days ago. Uh, I promised I'd give you guys a rundown of some things that are specialty for Halloween. Again, Disneyland does a very good job of theming and doing these special events. Uh, so, Joe, I'm just going to kind of go, go down the it. list. If there's something that you're like, oh, my God, I wish I was in Disneyland right now to do this, well, just let me know. I still haven't ridden... The Haunted Mansion in Halloween time. Okay. Yet. That's the one thing I haven't done yet. And I know you said it's very cool. It's very cool. Uh, we'll start in DCA first. Uh, DCA Disney California. The photo opportunity, photo shot you want to do, it's the Headless Horseman. There will be a Headless Horseman uh, caricature, animatronic, whatever, on Buena Vista Street. Um, it's very, very cool. That's where people line up and take the picture. Um, that's kind of their main signature hub when you walk down the main street, Bonavista Street. Uh, Radiator Springs gets the biggest makeover through the entire Disney California. Um, everything changes in Radiator Springs. There are costumed cars. <laughs> so Mater will come out dressed as, you know, he'll come out as himself, but he'll have like a cape on it. So he'll be like Dracula and, you know, just random things like that that they'll do. That'll be really fun. Uh, Luigi's Ride will be changed to Luigi's Honkin' Halloween. Mater's jam- Mater's backyard jamboree will be turned into Mater's graveyard jamboree. <laughs> um, so those are played with songs, obviously in regular. So they'll be changed to Halloween songs. Uh, little things, little touches like that. 
the Radiator Springs Racers will have little touches, different lights, different Halloween lights, uh, especially at night when you ride. The biggest change in DCA in terms of a specific, specific ride will be Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, they did this last year. Guardians of the Galaxy will change to Guardians of the Galaxy Monsters After Dark. Um, so what this is, every night through Halloween, which will end on the 31st, it will end on Halloween night, um, from 5 p.m. to close, the Guardians of the Galaxy will change over. So what that means is, obviously, during the day, you can still ride Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. But Monsters After Dark, I did this last year a couple times, was very cool. It's almost like you're riding the ride again, like a second time. So you walk in, you go through the tour, uh, you go through the the collector's room, whatever. It's very different. It, it looks like items are stolen. They're taken out of the the collector's office. And then Rocket's there, and he kind of explains, like, hey, why are you guys here? Blah, blah, blah. And then he says, all my friends got out except for Baby Groot. Baby Groot's still inside the collector's office, and he's being chased by these monsters. So you do the same thing in terms of going up and down on the elevator and the lever and all that stuff. But again, you don't see any of the other characters. You're basically just trying to help Rocket get Baby Groot. You see all these crazy monsters. They play kind of this punk rock metal. I don't know. It's really, it's just different. It's interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. I would say that if you're in Disneyland in the next two months or so, this is kind of a very cool experience. It's very different. Uh, They release fast passes for these in person at the line or on your Disneyland app at 3 o'clock on. Um, again, the ride only goes from 5 to close, so it's like 5 to 9 or 5 to 10 or 5 to 11. These fast passes get eaten up real, real quick. Uh, the wait time for Guardians is long in general. This almost doubles it. I think last year I was there. I got a fast pass for it, but when I got to use my fast pass around 7 o'clock, it was like a two-and-a-half-hour wait for Monsters After Dark. Mm-hmm. Um so that's cool. If you're if you're a Guardians fan, you should check that out. Disneyland, uh, a couple changes for Disneyland. Uh, Mickey's Halloween Party is something that Disneyland does every year. You need a separate special ticket for Mickey's Halloween Party. Um, so even if you have an annual pass, you need to buy a separate ticket for it. Uh, this is based, and they only do limited amount of tickets. Um, this is when you or anyone can dress up. You can get a your little basket and candy, and you can go to all these different little spots throughout the park, and characters will give you candy. Hmm. Uh, Dressed-up characters. So if you're by the Alice in Wonderland ride, there will be the White Rabbit, or somebody will give you candy, or whatever it is. Or I think last year Snow Does White... they close this off? They close everything off? Uh, no, everything is still open. You can still ride all the rides. You can still do everything. Um... But they, the villains are featured predominantly, so like Snow White, um, the, the Wicked Witch or whatever, all these different characters come out. Corella DeVille is out there. She leads, once she leads like the nighttime parade, Corella DeVille does. I will say I've never been to Mickey's Halloween party. Um, a lot of families do it because it's for their kids. They can wear costumes and get candy. Um, the one thing I will say, tickets are pricey. It's like $200 plus just for this ticket. And it's only, again, it's only at night. It only shuts it down from like 6 o'clock onwards or whatever it is. Uh, But they only let in a certain amount of people. And line times for those times are really short. Hmm. So you're basically walking on to most rides at that point just because it's a really limited selection. It's really limited short. Hmm. Um, Now, again, I don't know that I would spend an extra $200 plus just to get into Mickey's Halloween party if I'm already paying for an annual pass. But a lot of families do that. That's what they do. 
So I thought I'd throw that out there. Um, on Main Street, there is the giant Mickey pumpkin. That's kind of where your photo op is. You can get a photo op on both sides of the pumpkin. That's kind of a secret. Most people walk in straight and they walk directly to the line of the front of the pumpkin. Just walk on the back side, take a picture with that side. It's kind of like the dual whip thing in the tiki room. People just don't know <clears throat> that it's on the other side. So I thought that was cool. As far as rides go, Space Mountain changes over to Space Mountain Ghost Galaxy. Uh, it's still the same ride in terms of what the roller coaster is, but there's you're not counting up like you're going in space. You're it's like you're going through a haunted mansion kind of, and you know little monsters kind of jump out at you in terms of on the screen, and they like reaching for you, and um, so it's still the same ride, but it's it's different. Uh, the biggest change in terms of a ride, of course, Joe, you mentioned. The Haunted Mansion uh, gets changed over to Haunted Mansion Holiday. This will actually run all the way through the beginning of January because it, of course, um, is a holiday. It it applies to Christmas as well. But if you're a fan of The Nightmare Before Christmas, um, this is a must-see attraction. It's one of my favorite attractions uh, anytime. I love the film. I love Haunted Mansion in general, so it's a great update for a great ride. Any of those sound interesting to you, Joe? Um, I mean... Going to the, those two rides, you know, I'm a big fan of rides. I mean, going on uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Monsters, Monsters After Dark, Monsters After Dark, and the Haunted Mansion. I've never even, I never even knew they that they were existed. So it'd be cool to check out both of those, you know, rides in around Halloween time. Yeah, um, I would say if you if you want to go for Halloween time, uh, September is the time to go. Uh, again, September is still a – there's no non-busy time for Disneyland. I don't want to say that. Uh, it's still in the beginning of school time. October is when uh, – October through December is when attendance really, really picks up because, again, people love to take their families, especially October and December because once once they get through uh, – and we'll do this again for December. But once they get through November, uh, Disneyland becomes Christmas and becomes a really magical place. So um, – I would recommend going in September if you plan on going. Uh, that's really all we have for tonight. I do want to plug Fanboy Planet again. And I do want to plug on September 19th, Derek McCaw, who is the the founder, the website operator of Fanboy Planet. He will be at Elusive Comics and Games in Santa Clara. He will be doing an author signing of his new book, new book I Was Flesh Gordon. Uh, you can get the book on Amazon. Um... And again, September 19th at Elusive Comics and Games in Santa Clara. I believe the times are 6 to 9. Um, you can check it out on the Elusive Comics website as well. I plan to be out there, show my support. Um, and, uh, yeah, go check out the book. It's it's a wonderful, it's a fascinating book. I just started it. It's a topic that I didn't know anything about. But um, we're here to support, and so we would love for you guys to go out and show some love to Derek as well uh, for checking that out. Um you and I are probably going to go see one or two films this week. We'll yep. check out maybe Operation Finale. Predator comes out. I kind of want to check that out. Maybe White Boy I Rick. Do. I do. Um, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what kind of trouble we get into this week. I hope you guys, uh, if you're NFL fans, hope you guys are enjoying the start of the season. And uh, yeah, I think that's really all we have for yep. the rest of the that's it. rest of it. I hope thanks. you guys have a great night. Yep. Thanks for listening, guys. Take care. <laughs>